Welcome to the Brinkman Podcast, the podcast where we go behind the scenes and talk to the writers, the actors, and the people behind the stories of the Brinkman Adventures. I'm Eric Schilder. And I'm Sarah Boltman. Sarah, Auntie Sarah here me. is with. <laughs> Always exciting to have someone that we can call consistently Auntie Sarah. Yeah. Even, even I do, and she you is. You can. I, I let anyone call me Aunt Sarah. Unless it's derogatory, but even then, yeah. you know. is it? It's more Aunt them. Sarah than Auntie. When you get a little older, it'll be Auntie. Well, this is episode 12 of the Brinkman Podcast. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to be talking about uh, episode 58, which is in season six. And uh, the episode name is I Wonder Why. And uh, Aunt Sarah, you got a clip for us? I do. Sort of romantic riding back from town in this horse-drawn carriage. Mom? Mom, what's wrong with Huck? Huck? I can't breathe. He's having a reaction. I bet it's the horse hair. Do you have his medicine? No. Oh, I left it at the house. Driver, go faster. Yeah, yeah. Go, Huck. Huck go Huck, faster. Huck, must keep breathing. Down, 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 do you know where his medicine is? Yes. I'm going to carry him in. You run ahead of me and get the medicine ready. I'm going Go, here. girl. Kelly, hand him to me, quick. Here, 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 take him. Okay, sir. Hang in there. It's going to be all right. Just hang in there. Oh, please, Jesus. Please don't let him die. Please, Jesus. I love you. It's going to be all right. Wow. You, you, you decided to play the big one there. That's quite an intense scene. That is a very intense scene. And I like that. I can't breathe. I know. It like brings tears to my eyes. It's... Yeah. Makes me kind of take a deep breath and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Well, the, the, the great thing about it is that the story is based on, it's basically the story of a couple of missionaries and or the missionaries and their family, rather, mm-hmm. uh, who went over to India. And uh, we are delighted and pleased to have uh, those missionaries here with us today via uh, via Skype. And uh, we're, we're going to call them by their stage names, Brian mm-hmm. and Kelly Wonder. Thank you for joining us. Hi, how you doing? We're doing well. How about yourself? We're doing good. Well, doing good. Well, that's great. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming you've heard the episode? Yeah, we've heard it. We've heard it. Maybe just once or twice. A couple times, I think. <laughs> <And> <laughs> just once or twice. You know, one of the things I always like to do is, especially when we, we base it upon a, a real-life story and, and real-life people, is ask, you know, you've heard, you've actually heard the drama, and uh, wh- what are your thoughts? Was it was it strange hearing your story? Uh, did you have the urge to say, no, that's not right, or uh, say, wow, that was pretty cool or i never realized how how intense that was what what are kind of your reactions when you when you listen to the audio drama i feel when i was listening to it like i was still there it was happening i just remember every moment every word every action every heartache through that the whole audio drama i really felt it portrayed our story very well wow it's very hard to encapsulate seven years to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was done really well. And, and mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning, it's like the fast forward through 
five or six years of the journey. And then uh, it starts, you know, a minute in or two minutes in to uh, actually being in the field. So that's the, the, the crux of it was being in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, the stories get compressed a little bit, but we, we try to hit the highlights, I guess. So, um, and you did. You did a good job. <laughs> uh, how, did you, how did you get involved with the Brinkman Adventures? Did you, were you contacted by someone or, you know, how, how did your story come to light? It was, a, it was sort of an unusual turn of events. We were at a homeschool conference. And we were uh, gathering homeschool materials to take with us for uh, our trip uh, that we were going to be, you know, we were taking about three years worth of uh, homeschooling materials with us just so we would be prepared. And uh, we just happened to meet the Ian from the Brinkman Adventures uh, there with the booth and uh, shared, you know, that we were going to be going on a mission trip and, uh, from that point, just a, a friendship started. They they got on our email chain and prayer, ch- prayer team. And, yeah. and when we returned, um, it just, you know, catching up, uh, that's how they heard the story. Yeah, it's so cool. I remember when Ian met you guys, he actually came back from the conference and said, Sarah, I met these really amazing people. I'm like, what? Tell me. He's like, they are, they are just have sold everything and are just leaving like they're doing what the stories we're like telling is in real life and they're about to go and he, it was really neat to to get in on your story even before it happened um so yeah. it was really i feel like it was so special to to watch that and i know ian had you guys over and was just really um impressed and impacted by your faith at that time and and how you were living and how the choices you were making um were making an impression on us as we were kind of watching your life so i I remember that time yeah is it is it that time sarah that the this story came to light or did that happen later on that was before this whole story happened we met them before they went to india so this happened after yeah you were kind of friends and involved yeah. and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now, had you ever had any um, sort of encounters with India uh, before? It's, it's, it's sort of strange. Um, for me, uh, I went to high school and there was one person that sort of stood out to me as, as someone uh, of interest. And his, his name was Ravinadrad. And he was from India. And um, from that point on, um, I noticed later that God had put some Indians in my path on a regular basis and uh, had really given me a heart uh, for India. So in the episode, we hear that um, you have a miscarriage. And because of that, that kind of propels your family in a new direction. Can you tell us more about that? It was... uh, it was a hard loss for us. It was very unexpected. Uh, we'd never experienced that before. And it really got us questioning, what was our purpose? God made us have this baby. We lost the baby. And now what does that mean? And through that journey of losing the baby, um, and that struggle, we saw that there was a reason. God had a reason. And what was that reason? And so we, so we really got to look at how things happened for us in our marriage, what sort of formed us before we were married, married, how God had used all kinds of different situations in our lives to show 
you know, good things and bad things that he allowed for a reason. Um, so as, as dealing with abuse, you know, it makes mm-hmm. you um, love children and want to care for children. Yeah. And when you deal with uh, the loss of a child, you know, it gives you a heart for children. And so during the journey, we really realized, you know, that God wants us to take care of orphans and widows. It's right in his word. Hmm. And he's given us that desire in our heart to do it. So let's, let's do it. Hmm. It's only something that he wants us to do. It's not something bad. It's, it's something good. So he gave us this opportunity and we ran with it. And so you, you sold everything and you went to India with your family. Uh, how many kids do you mind? Do you mind sharing how many kids you actually have? We took, we took five with us. You took five, five little ones, five little ones. When I think about taking my family over there, especially, you know, younger kids, um, you know, in, in India, which is it, uh, life is a little more, uh, chaotic, I suppose. How, how did the kids adjust? I think, uh, I, chaotic is a good word for it. It's very chaotic. <laughs> so we, we heard a little bit about your, um, the, the character Samantha's feelings as she was, trying to get adapted to life in India. How, how did your other kids do? You know, the kids did, you know, young kids are pretty malleable. So the kids were, how old were they? Uh, they were seven, five, two, three-year-olds and an eight-month-old. So they were pretty, pretty tolerant. They were pretty, they were excited. They were excited to go and, um, you know, it was much different, you know, no air conditioning, no heat. Uh, and, very dry, very hot, then very wet, then very cold. So there's, uh, you know, a lot of changes to get used to in that way. But most of the time they just, they would roll with it because yeah. we were rolling with it and everybody else was sort of in the same boat. So they, they didn't know really what to expect. Um, so they just went with it mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really hard for the first four or five months. Uh, Somebody was sick almost every day, just getting used to the the food maybe, or the germs could be. (laughs) And can you tell us about that nasty beetle? In the episode, we hear, you know, everyone's struggling with this beetle. What was that all about? Oh, that nasty beetle. First, we didn't know what it was. And we had, we had gone to specialists, like their three hour drive from the town we were living in. And the yeah, the nasty beetle would just leave burning, itchy welts on your body all over. It was absolutely horrifying. So as it turns out, it's called a rove beetle, and the the blood is called hemolymph in mm-hmm. an insect. This is a not a, a botany class or, or you know, <laughs> class about insects. But uh, so the hemolymph, uh, when it comes in contact with you, with you is is more poisonous than cobra venom. I think somebody said it was 18 times more, more venomous than a cobra. Uh, So what would happen is you would in the middle of the night without knowing when these bugs come out, you would hit the bugs because there were bugs all night all over you. And you just, you'd hit bugs throughout the (laughs) night. So once you hit it, naturally hit it on your cheek and you'd wipe this hemolymph. Now you've just left a streak of of this venom on your cheek then wow. if you touch your other cheek because there's another bug now you've got another streak 
And you could do that a number of times. So uh, you just spread it all you over. Spread it all over. No matter where you touch, that's where it goes. So it was, and it would hurt when it would get in the sun. Your skin would burn. Wow. Wow. So you were really representing uh, yeah. blotchy Americans while you were there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to I want to talk briefly just a little bit about uh, the orphanage that you were in, uh, because I think we didn't get an idea necessarily of the size. Uh, how many kids would you say were were in the orphanage on average? There was about 80, was 80 about, kids. About 80, oh, uh, wow. about 80 kids. <clears throat> but uh, it was multi-generational. Uh, it's been around for a number of years. So there were some older people there who grew up also as orphans. Hmm. So there were some older people as well. So it was, it was a little community of maybe about a hundred people, about 80 kids. And so the oldest one, you know, she was, she just turned 80, I think. Oh, and wow. she came when she was like nine years old and she was raised in the orphanage and then just stayed there. Now she takes care of, you know, the, what they call the small boys. The small boys. Okay. One of the things that struck me about at least the episode as it was portrayed was the idea that it was referred several times to these being you know, bad kids and they're naughty and they're bad. And certainly their behavior as it's, as it's depicted um, <laughs> supports that. Uh, and the, the idea of showing them love and not love in sort of a hazy uh, sense, but really Christ-like love. And that, that reminded me of, of Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 6. I'll just read it briefly. It says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps a good person uh, one would dare even to die. And here's the, the key verse. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, you know, as the Apostle Paul is stating, it wasn't just that, you know, we were lost, uh, though we certainly were, or that we were in a, in a bad position. We were actually rebels to God. We were sinners and rebels, yet Christ died, uh, not, just, not just as a gesture, but rather, you know, took the wrath of God uh, for us and gave us his righteousness. And, you know, I can really see, you know, here's, here's these bad kids and and we're all bad we're all wicked and you know you're showing this christ-like love to them that even while they're bad you're you're taking care of them and and you're loving them and i thought that was very powerful Mm -hmm. uh sarah yeah that's i i also thought that was really really amazing i wanted to hear from you guys what what was that like day in and day out trying to pour out you know love on a hardened heart or uh just i mean can you talk to us a little bit about what that was like for you? Yeah, these these kids um, have been through quite a bit. Some of them, uh, their parents have been, you know, just in a car accident. Some of them, uh, their parents are lepers, and maybe mm. one or both of the parents have died. I mean, there's so much despair, uh, and then <clears throat> add that into uh, just being in a group. And, and not having really anybody to care for you and, and love you and mm-hmm. and show the love of Christ. So uh, it's very draining. It's very draining in that situation. And it's only through the Lord that we were able to keep going. And, it, you know, there's been 
there were hard times and um, but that's the that's the cost we pay you know maybe I guess that's the cross we bear when we're trying to do work for him um, in this matter and I, I think for me I know what Christ has done in my life and where he has brought me with the compassion of love that I feel from him mm-hmm. I just wanted these children to feel that same way. So there was mm. very difficult times, but I just really, like Brian said, just the Lord is what really pushed us through to, you know, love these children without reason, you know, and just loving them unconditionally, no matter what. It was just a powerful experience to be able to give that. Hmm. Right. Right. I mean, cause in and, in and of ourselves, we don't have that capacity, do we? That that only comes through yep. through the the grace of God um, to mm-hmm. to do that. So, what was the first? I'm I'm interested. When when did you fe- see the first crack happen, or the first heart kind of turning? Did you see any little glimmer? I mean, we've heard the episode, and obviously, I think the listeners have maybe heard it as well. Um, when you know the spectacular moment when 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 you have that Bible study with everyone, but before then, did you see some turning or some hearts kind of opening up a little bit? Um, a little bit, I think. It, you know, just um, a little bit more soft. Um, and they just would question, why do you, why are you here? Why do you keep loving us? And I'm like, well, cause Christ loves me and I want to love you like Christ does. And, um, but not, not, it was just very small. It was very, mm. so small that I think at the time when I look back at now, I can see it. But while we were in it, I don't think that we saw mm. it as much. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would just add, um, Julie, in the episode, um, she was one of the people we were the closest to. Mm-hmm. And uh, she would put up her defenses. Whenever she started getting close, she would just get angry with me in particular. Mm-hmm. And she would just, uh, you know, yell at me or, you know, n- not treat me nicely. Let's just put it that way. And, <laughs> and um, I would just wait for her. And every time she would come back, she would say, I'm sorry, why do you stay? They were always expecting for us to leave, Mm -hmm. just like everybody else has always left them. Being in that situation is tough because we knew that at some point we would have to leave. And we didn't want our leaving to impact their relationship with Christ. So Mm -hmm. it was never trying to be Christ to them. It was always trying to push Jesus into the rightful place. Jesus will never leave you. Mm. He will never forsake you. He loves you. He wants you. And that was the message that we, we tried to give them. That's so good. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things too is, you know, you modeling your behavior with your kids. And I'm sure there were times when your, when your kids were frustrated and, um, but I, I bet you they did have an impact. Now, the scene that we listened to had your son Huck, who was uh, allergic to a lot of things, going into sort of an anaphylactic kind of crisis. That that had to be hard to listen to, uh, as you said before, that it was kind of like reliving it a little bit. Who who played Huck, Sarah? <laughs> Huck played himself. Huck played himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Amazing. and he did a great job, by the way. He did. Uh, we we really he thought did. so. Um, you know, is is he there? Can he say hi? 
or say a line? He, he is. <laughs> oh, here. there he's Huck. Okay, we're going to hold on here. We're going to have an extended episode. Hi, Huck. How are you doing? Good. Good. How are you feeling these days? Good. Do you, do you remember recording those lines? Yeah. Can, can, a little bit. Can you give us one? I want to hear the I can't breathe part. I can't breathe. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. You song. still got it. Huck, I'm, I'm wondering. Are you still fine? I mean, in the episode, we hear that God healed you and you can eat wheat and all that stuff. How is that going now? It's good. My mom thinks I can eat tree nuts, but my really only allergy is peanuts. Wow. wow. That's amazing. God is so amazing. Because before, Pretty what were amazing. you you allergic to? Eggs, dairy, wheat, soy, um, Barley, rye, lentils, soy. That's so many things. And Huck, how did you know that God healed you? That's what I wanted to know. Um, he just, he just spoke to me at night. I just was going to bed and I heard him speak to me. And then the next day I said to my dad, I want to eat a pizza for toast. And then they let me. Were you, were you guys nervous giving him that? Oh, yes. I was so nervous because we were not near any hospital and wow. we had our EpiPen in the hand. And, <laughs> and- I've got this great picture of this kid eating toast with parents <laughs> standing over him like, like, uh, you know, uh, warriors with these, uh, you know, yeah. an EpiPen in each fist uh, ready to, ready to go. That so. is so cool. And that, that happened just before all the kids came to the Lord, right? Or is that after? Yes. Yeah. Right before. Right. Yeah. It was right before. Wow. What a huge, um, gift God gave to you guys. I mean, almost like he was just encouraging, yeah. like, I'm here and I am with you and don't give up. And I mean, what a blessing. Yeah. I, I'm so glad we were able to tell that story because I hear a lot of people in other countries being healed. And um, it's just really fun when I can see someone from America who <laughs> got <laughs> healed too. <laughs> Frankly, I'm actually surprised they let you into India being allergic to lentils. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's like true. a big deal there. So. And you know what um, else? You know what else? I I wanted to tell you guys. This is Peter Boltman's favorite episode. Your oh, story. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And before we close, because I know we don't have that much time left, can you just speak a little bit about the change that happened in those kids after they? gave their heart to the Lord and prayed with you that day. The change was uh, immediate and drastic and kids were getting up and uh, repenting and saying, I'm sorry that I've treated you poorly. I'm sorry. I I stole your things. I'm sorry that I've treated you this way. And um, it wasn't all of them, but Mm -hmm. uh, many of them Mm -hmm. repented. And, and we have a relationship with these people still, you know, sort of from afar, Mm -hmm. but we still see that change in people when we speak to them and follow up with them and continue to encourage them. So, and what were the teachers saying? Yeah. So that they were really like the naughty ones in the the class. (laughs) So naughty. And uh, they switched, they flipped all of a sudden. They're, they're the good kids, the ones that are being exemplary and treating people nicely and and being good to the teacher and and grades improved. Grades really improved. That's amazing. Their study skills were improved and it's all because of the Lord really. Wow. Overnight they stopped hitting, they stopped, you know, stealing, they stopped just talking bad about each other and they were just playing nice. It was night and day. Wow. I mean, how did that feel watching that? I mean, I can't, it just seems so bizarre. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. (laughs) Right. It, it, it was really very 
surreal. Um, it, during the Bible study, I asked, uh, I just asked this question, you know, asking them, you know, do you have an empty space inside of you that you feel like you're trying to fill? And uh, all of a sudden people, yes, that's what I, that's what I have. And all of a sudden out of everything that I had taught them for six or seven or eight months, mm -hmm. like this was the thing that resonated. Hmm. And I, I had asked them uh, multiple times. I said, are you sure you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and they said, yes, you know, I tried to fill it with this or, hmm. you know, I like boys or girls or, you know, I tried to fill it with this and, and uh, multiple times. Are you sure this is what, yes. Um, so they were very emphatic and very excited <clears throat> to, to release it to release all of that mm. guilt and mm. pain and lay it at his feet. You, you could actually see this burden lifted off their shoulders. They were walking taller. They were talking, just their whole demeanor changed. Wow. It was a blessing to see, to witness that. It was such a blessing to witness such a miracle. That is so beautiful. I mean, that's, that's what I think so many people long to experience when they do missions. I mean, and that doesn't happen. Sometimes it takes years and you see maybe one or two. So what a blessing that God allowed you guys to be a part of that transformation for them. It's really cool. And, and thank you for sharing the story with us as well mm -hmm. so that we can give God all the glory um, as, as we listen to these stories of, of what he has done. Yeah. So we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you, Brian and Kelly. Uh, again, if, if anyone wants to get in touch with uh, Brian or Kelly, uh, contact uh, the Brinkman Adventures, and we'll, we'll find some way to get you in touch. Brian and Kelly, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Brinkman Podcast. Uh, one of the things we'd ask is if you enjoy the podcast, for wherever you get it, Put a comment in, or if you're on social media, go ahead and, and do a hashtag Brinkman Adventures or Brinkman Podcast. Share with your friends. Uh, also, if you've got any questions, uh, we'd love it if you'd contact us and uh, give us your questions. Maybe we can answer them either, either via email or maybe on one of our podcasts. We should do a listener special cool. and answer all the questions uh, that we have. So... Uh, you can get in contact with us and learn more about the Brinkman Adventures at www.brinkmanadventures.com. For the Brinkman Podcast, I'm Eric Schilder. And I'm Sarah Boltman. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.